0: Welcome to worship. Hello. Can I get you guys all to stand up for our first song, please?
1: send forth your spirit o god dwell among us give us your peace we pray as justice and love down on earth let us pray gracious god We know the beauty and fragility of this August day. We stand in gratitude. We experience the stirring of the academic year and the fullness of the bountiful earth. We stand in gratitude. We share the love of old friends and are ready to forge new communities. We stand in gratitude. Thank you for bringing us to this new day and guide us along paths of purpose and hope. This we ask in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar. Near the plot of ground that Jacob had been given to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was now about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Give me a drink.' His disciples had gone to the city to buy food." The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks they drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Here ends our Gospel reading.
0: Good morning, and thank you for the opportunity to be with you today. I chose this gospel lesson because it happens to be one of my favorites, Uh, and we talk about scripture as the living word, and we kind of all kind of land on our favorite passages, and this one is one of my favorites because, to me, it really embodies the the concept of the living word because every time I come back to it, it speaks new life into whatever is going on. And there's a million ways that you can interpret this and that you can go into it, that every verse is rich. But um, when I sat down with this verse and this passage earlier this week, I started to see that morning. And I could see it. Jesus, who was tired, and he was thirsty, and he was hungry. And I think he was not only tired because he'd been walking a lot, but he was probably really tired because he'd had a lot of drama that followed him. And particularly in this passage, we hear about that. So he comes to this well, and he sits down, and I imagine he just closes his eyes, And he takes a deep breath, opens his eyes, and he looks down at his feet, his sore, tired feet. And he gingerly but intentionally begins to pull off one sandal at a time. And then he takes one foot into his hands and slowly but thoroughly massages one foot, kind of with your eyes half open and then he moves to the next foot and he's working it and then he looks up and there's a woman and Jesus sits there and he's barefoot and he looks into the eyes and is confronted with a holy and sacred moment and then we hear the rest of that story which is usually the part that people know of the woman at the well coming to draw water, the outcast from her town and a town of outcasts themselves. and It turns into this very profound and holy time with Jesus. So this summer I had the opportunity. I was blessed with a sabbatical and I was able to travel to England and Ireland and Scotland with my husband and my son. And we went to... Part of part of this experience was a three-day retreat in England, centered around Celtic spirituality. And I found out upon arriving that one of those days we would be setting off on a pilgrimage. And there's a place in England called the Holy Island. Um, some call it Lindisfarne, and you can take a pilgrimage there. And it's it's just a day trip. It's not a you know, some some pilgrimages last weeks or months or years. But this is just a day trip that you can take. But the island, the Holy Island, is separated still by the tides from the mainland. So during the day, uh, well, <laughs> depends on the time of the tide, but whenever the tide is out, you can, there's a causeway you can drive across to get to the Holy Island, or there is what they call the Pilgrim's Way, which is you know, where the land kind of dries off enough for you to cross on foot. And so they call it the Pilgrim's Way, and they recommend that you walk it barefoot. It's not a short walk. It took us about an hour and a half to walk it. But um, it's marked across the whole way by these posts they call way markers. And the way markers tell you the safest passage to get to the island so you don't stray off and get lost in the swampy marsh tide pools. So I was there with my son and my husband and I took my shoes off, I rolled my pants up, I strapped my toddler on the front of me in the front carrier and the diaper bag on the back and off we went. And if you've ever walked across like a marshy place you know that it's not really easy going. There's rocks and it's slippery and it's swampy and it's gushy and it's all of those things. And ultimately, it's slow going. And there was a moment, there, I was part of a group and there were several men who were, you know, probably twice as old as me who were way ahead of me. <laughs> and I thought, just one moment of bitterness, I was like, you know, I could be as fast as you if I didn't have a toddler and a diaper bag, and I was pregnant. <laughs> but, but it passed, and I continued on with the point of the trip and kept walking. But, uh, <laughs> but what was interesting to me is that doing this walk barefoot, some people, we could see other groups that were kind of participating in this similar kind of experience, but they had hiking boots on or something else. But our retreat leader specifically said, you really, if you're going to do this, you really need to do it barefoot. And it changes the experience. The way that you feel every single movement and every single step, and the intention of each placement of where you're going to put your foot is all you can focus on that whole time. And if you've ever been one of those people who gets kind of stuck in the moment of something you're thinking about and then you look up and you realize you've gone a little bit off track, it was a little bit like that, which was so wonderful to have these way markers along the way to kind of draw me back. And the spiritual connections to all of that are, you know, very profound. And it was an hour and a half of some pretty deep thought that I didn't think I could get with a toddler strapped to me. But the Lord works in mysterious ways. So as I was preparing for today, that was you know my most recent and most significant um, experience with being barefoot and finding myself in a sacred space. I didn't know that pilgrimage was part of the retreat, but thank God it was. It was really a holy experience for me uh, to take that time and to To really connect a physical action with what it means to be on a journey as a Christian. But there are a few other things that came to mind when I was thinking about what it means to be barefoot. And I don't know if we have any runners around here, but uh, some of the most comfortable times for my feet have been after a race. When you finally take the shoes off and your feet breathe, and you can sit, um, particularly some of the longer races, and the relief that comes almost immediately upon doing that. Or my family has had the joy of going to four weddings this month where I was quickly reminded of how uncomfortable heels are and how wonderful it is, you know, how many people take off their heels at a wedding reception. <laughs> I do it every time. So... The relief that comes, you know, you've dressed up, it's a big occasion, and then you've celebrated and you're still in the moment of celebrating, but you feel comfortable enough or you've reached your point or your limit enough that it's time to take the feet off and just be there and acknowledge that you can't, you can't do that anymore, but you can continue with the celebration. Uh, There are also lots of you know cliches and derogatory terms about being barefoot and pregnant, but it's really much more comfortable (laughs) to be barefoot and pregnant. But I was also really mindful. I'm an alum of CLU, and this is my ten-year reunion coming up this fall, and I was reminded of how often I went barefoot in college, or my friends were barefoot in college, and. How nice it is, you know, you're coming off of the really strict guidelines of a high school experience, to kind of not have to wear shoes if you don't want to, or to just hang out and make your own choices, and sometimes that means you're barefoot more often, or you go to class barefoot. And I was also reminded in that moment of how profound the college experience can be and how many holy and sacred moments I encountered, and I know many of my own friends encountered, at 2 in the afternoon and 2 o'clock in the morning, over and over and over in this place for me, but certainly I would, suggest, I would assume that most college experiences are very holy and profound in many ways. Um, and sometimes we don't know that until we look back. But it's exciting that we're ushering in a new school year right now, And that's part of what we usher in when we usher in a new school year, is that God is going to show up in some pretty crazy ways in the life of a college student. Um, And some of that is in knowing that God is very present, and some of that is wondering where in the hell God has gone, and all of that together. So I bless you on that journey as you all play a role in that as part of this institution. There's also other times being on the beach certainly can be a sacred time of being barefoot or I dabble in yoga, but there are also holy houses like a mosque that require that you be barefoot upon entering. And I thought perhaps wearing shoes and dressing up for worship has aided in the decline of the connection that many Christians have to their own spirituality because oftentimes we become more worried about how we present ourselves than how present we are to the holy. And I believe that it is a really lovely thing that children are barefoot all the time. And often children are also a doorway inviting us onto holy ground and into some sacred moments. So certainly all of these are kind of literal times of actually being barefoot. But I think the point has a greater, there's a greater truth under all of it. And when we allow ourselves to stand on holy ground and to acknowledge a sacred space, it opens us in a really vulnerable way. When you're barefoot, you're very vulnerable to, to whatever you're walking through at the time. So next time you're barefoot, I invite you to pause and to think about some of the holy moments or seasons in your life. And how can you be more intentional about standing barefoot before God and other people and in connection to the sacred? Thank you. And
2: it's on, it's like Rain. So if you guys could all stand up again. We like this. Thank <laughs>
3: prayer God of an ending mercy we pray with those who are crying for women and men who are battered in body or in spirit for children who sleep with fitful sleep of hunger for all who are imprisoned by walls or worries for all who feel unloved Holy God, had mercy upon those who cry. Have mercy on us if we turn away and shield ourselves from the cries of others. Bless us with courage and arm us with hope that we may help lessen the suffering of our world. Lord, in your mercy. God of tender care, we pray with those who are praying. We join the unspoken and silent prayers that come to you from across the earth, from sanctuaries and street corners, from battle lines and prison cells, from hospital rooms and festive tables. We pray to you with thanks and sorrow, with urgency. We ask your guidance for this community and for all the tasks that lie ahead Lord, in your mercy, God of overflowing joy, we pray with those who are singing. We rejoice with sunrise walkers, traveling students, embracing lovers, playing children, new friends, and old, and all in whom your life giving spirit wells up and overflows. Help us to feel your spirit surging within us. Enable us to shower it upon the world and upon this community. Lord, in your mercy, hear all our prayers, and gather us up in the wide embrace of your love. Amen.